You've tuned into the Belly and Podcast for the week of September 17, 2017, episode 51. From the city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barce. And straight out of 98226, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, listen, my children, and you shall hear of how we aren't fans of new shiny gear. However, AJ and I take great delight and tech the cotter eye and unscripted insights. So what are we waiting for? The clouds may turn overcast. Let's start another episode of the Bellingham Podcast. <laughs> Let me do a slow clap on that there one, you Mr. Go. Powell. Good ah, evening. Good afternoon, evening. How are you? I'm so happy to be outdoors where we're in the shade. AJ Barce, photographer at large, podcast extraordinaire. Where the heck are we? Camber. Camber Coffee. <laughs> For those of you playing at home on Google Maps, it's 221 West Holly across the street from Bayou on the Bay Restaurant in the... Is this the left ventricle or the <laughs> of the heart of downtown Bellingham? It's definitely a crossroads of Holly and Prospect anyway. Yes, very good. We're at Camber Coffee on the corner uh, as you drive, hopefully... Uh, around 25 miles an hour down Holly Street. If you time the lights right. Great location, lots of space. They're not just coffee. There are some coffee joints in Bellingham that really have efficient drive-throughs to be able to get your coffee fix and get on your way. There are some coffee places, uh, houses of caffeine in Bellingham that are so familiar that it's just a place that you go. It's a kind of a, a local thing. And then there are coffee places in Bellingham that don't just have coffee. They also have beer, wine, cider. And ambiance. Uh, ambiance of a classy nature. They are an artisan uh, coffee joint and they not only have happy hour menus, but they also have evening dinner menus. Now, there's a, a four-letter word starts with N and ends with O-S-H that I really don't like saying, nosh. Oh, got it. Uh, okay. That's a, a term to snack on uh, delights. But, you know, for Camber, should you want something to go with your coffee, uh, they do have marinated olives, warm rosemary, marcona almonds, radishes and butter, among many other exotic items. That is definitely a different palette, We're I would say. We're in a different level of coffee uh, joint around here in Bellingham. So. And, and, and I'm, I'm still waiting for my, my iced coffee to show, but uh, if I would have known they had an espresso milkshake, I would have probably tried that, honestly. Yes. I'm Nate Robertson. What's up, Nate? How's it going? Good. So what do you do at Camber? Uh, I'm just a server slash barista. It's just kind of general all around. So server slash barista extraordinaire uh, of Camber. So. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your favorite thing on your guys' menu? Um, definitely the waffle in the morning. Whoa, wait, what? There's waffles? Oh, there's waffles. Talk to me about waffles, buddy. They are just like a buttermilk waffle, and they're like the crispiest, fluffiest waffle that you'll probably experience. Okay, well, I now know what I'm doing tomorrow morning. So, Canberra, according to my research, has opened in late August. So, it's been about a month or so since y'all have been opened, a soft opening or so. How's the experience been so far, and how's the clientele, and how's the experience being here right in the heart of downtown Bellingham? It's been pretty awesome. It's it's been really kind of busy. I mean, as you kind of expect with the with the grand opening, and then we've been yeah we've been fully open for about three weeks. The soft opening really helped us kind of get all of our kinks out, and then uh, able to put forth like a full breakfast menu, full dinner menu, and it's been great. Like the the support that we've gotten from the community is awesome, and just it's been it's been kind of hectic. Like trying to trying to get space in here to just like work on my computer in the morning it's like it's you can't it's it's kind of 
that that's a good problem to have. So you said you work on your computer. What kind of computer do you got? Oh, Mac. Okay, yeah. MacBook. Oh yeah, an old, an old, like a 2011, I think. Oh, that's not old. That's vintage, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Nate, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks very much, Nate. Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. I'll bring you that cup. Thanks, bud. Cool. Yes, and so uh, at least for the next couple days before the weather turns really bad. Uh, we are outside. They have outdoor seating, which is great. And so you hear all the ambient noise of that is downtown Bellingham. But AJ, <laughs> let's get the show started. What are we talking about today? So we're talking about the Apple iPhone. Oh, my God. No, we're not. No, we're oh, not. Oh, oh we're, we're not? No, we're not. Oh, oh okay. My let's, bad. The, we don't do this new stuff. That's right. There's a new phone coming out. We There's aren't. A few. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. We're not going to talk about it. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, so here's the thing. There might be some new tech that's uh, been announced at the time of this recording, and there is some new tech that's going to be announced by something that rhymes with Schmoogle. Look, if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to buy it. There are other options out there. The one thing that uh, I wanted to highlight, especially in this episode, is we have gotten so brand loyal to a detriment, I think. Not just in technology, but also to people. Everything. Yes. Just everything. We we like we are loyal to the 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 musicians that we listen to. And here's the thing: these companies don't owe you anything. They don't. They don't owe you diddly. They owe one thing to a certain demographic of people, and that's their shareholders. I'm going to take Apple for instance. Apple announced a new phone that's a thousand dollars, and the internet exploded with love and rage. Ermagersh, oh new my phone. Ermagersh. Here's the thing. Look, if you look at what Apple is, they are a company. They're in the business not to make you happy, not to make you look awesome, not to have you make good photos. They're to make money. That's all they're there to do. Now they do some great social stuff outside of that, but their main focus is to make money. What is the main staple? that keeps that company afloat the iphone ios sales account for over i think half of their profits over half if they make a flop of a phone or if they make a flop of a judgment their company goes down that means we all lose that means there is no product that they can sell so look if you don't like the new iphone don't buy it uh if you have a one-year-old iphone you don't have to upgrade chris and i've said that i don't know 51 episodes later pretty much if it works for you keep it if you're in Android land and you're upset that this isn't the, the phone to jump ship, that's fine. Keep rocking your Pixel. That's totally cool. Or your Samsung or your LG. Here's the thing. Uh, let's all get into the mindset where we make a huge investment into technology. And how about this, guys and gals? Let's drive our technology into the ground where it just doesn't work anymore or does not support the latest updates or operating system updates. Why don't we get a whole lot of use out of it instead of being coerced or compelled to be into that one or two year upgrade cycle uh, mindset? Yeah, and the other thing is when we look at, okay, so this new whatever, pick whichever version of whatever phone, I'm not even put, put a brand on it. Oh, it's the it's it's fifty percent faster, really. So, did you feel that literally one year ago? Did you feel that your phone went fifty percent slower in a year? No, it's all marketing. It's all if your phone if you're doing great photos on your phone or Snapchatting, checking your email, listening to your podcasts, it was fine twelve months ago. What happened overnight, other than a marketing strategy? What really irks me is with all of these spec hardware spec. Um, hyperbole, we can have 
uh, phones that are quote unquote desktop laptop uh, comparable in in hardware specs. But you know what? Your phone call still sounds kind of <laughs> choppy when you're not in range. Your phone call still sounds like it's coming from a speaker with our give it a horrible breaker breaker one nine. We got ourselves a until that time <laughs> occurs, we can't complain. So the phone that you have will work. Let's make it happen. Let's use our technology and uh, enjoy it and get use out of it. Can yeah. I get an amen? Uh, heck yeah. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, on that same vein, the reason why uh, Chris and I just went on that rant is, so you're probably listening listening to that sweet, loud truck right there. Yep. And you're probably thinking, all right, guys, hot shots. What options do we have out there? Well, in mobile land, you got quite a few because one of the things that I am going to talk about from the Apple announcement is... Uh, and this is kind of uh, our tech that caught our eye, but I'm going to jump the gun because it kind of falls dun, 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 in. Dun, 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 tech that caught our eye. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, about the whole iPhone announcement, there is one thing I want to point everybody to. And it is not the iPhone X. Or no. Yes. X. X. Yes, X. that's right. Or the, or the Apple TV. Or any, or the, or the, the watch cellular watch, or yeah, no. no. Yeah. Is the fact that look at what Apple has in their lineup. They have the SE, the six, the six S, the seven, the seven S, the eight, the eight S, and the X. Really, there's no margin to complain. If you are in Apple Land and you have a iPhone, and you and I know of a client, an iPhone five, and you need an upgrade or you want an upgrade, you have plenty of options. Yeah. It's no longer, you're sitting on an iPhone 4S and the 8 just came out, but you don't like the size. You have a size that you can pick from. You have space you can pick from. Uh, and price points as well. Price points It doesn't have to be $1,000. Right. It can actually be 450 out the door or on a nice monthly installment plan if you decide to go do that with your local mobile carrier. Yeah, so... That and I suspect this is this is to help keep the revenue stream of Apple going because Apple sales last year declined for the first time and this is probably Apple's response to that. Yeah. You know, forcing people into a bigger phone. Some people, like myself included, didn't like that idea. I like having that smaller form factor that fits in my pocket for realsies. Pretty much. And also, you know, if we can equate this iPhone X, which is going to go for uh, a price of a somewhat used car, uh, there are various areas of products that like let's just take credit cards for example you got a base credit card you got your gold you got your platinum and then you got that really uh high echelon credit card that has oh i don't know a hundred thousand dollar credit limit or something like that the high roller the high roller the iphone x is for high rollers mm -hmm. and yes apple's going to continue to innovate that's what they need to do in order to make this market share and get all this revenue but let's not worry about it because in a couple years Everyone's going to be having the 3D face ID and this other is, stuff. That's not something new. Look at that was on the Amazon Fire or no no uh, the what do they call Smolder, the Amazon uh, uh, Lightning Bug whatever, Ember Ember whatever Ember. their their phone was. Do you remember that phone? Yeah, Most people it don't. Was, it lasted like nine months. It, it, it went out like a flame. It went out like a flame. Thank you very much, folks. I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a flash in the pan. But that's the thing. They use the same type of technology. This yep. is not anything new, and that's Apple's mantra. They wait until they can perfect it and then beta test it on real people. True story. There you go. So let's get into the, the meat and potatoes of this. We're all about options here, and I alluded to it earlier. Options. Hi, I'm a Mac. Hi, I'm a PC. Hi, I don't know what kind of technology I am. I'm afraid of tech. Yeah. So what if you wanted to have another, another option out there? 
And when I say the next word, a lot of people who are not geeks are going to probably be like, I've heard that, but that's so much work. Linux. Now, Linux is an open source type of uh, operating system, meaning that people regularly contribute and uh, augment and make better this operating system. It's secure, uh, or various distros of it are, is secure, and it is more akin to the Mac experience, except it's highly moddable, and that's where the geeks really get in, because we can go in and change how it looks and feels. And if you're concerned about open source, consider this. If, someone, if you're worried that someone's going to come in and kind of mess things up or get your information, you've got a lot of people that are already contributing to it that go, eh, I'm going to delete that from the actual operating system. It's kind of checks and balances the way it should be, as opposed to one company, and I'm not going to name any names, doing an operating system and not allowing anyone to adjust uh, how the, the bugs or the, uh, the potential exploits in their operating system. This is available that it's monitored a lot. Yeah. Hence the advantage of open source. Yeah, so instead of calling it open source, you might want to say it's crowdsourced, okay? There's a lot of people con and a lot of eyeballs contributing to the base of code that makes the operating system. Yeah. Uh, so the one that's kind of the, um, that has the cachet, I guess, is Ubuntu made by a company called Canonical. Uh, they make Ubuntu, and it's the human operating system. It's kind of their old tagline, uh, largely because it has usually a little little stick figure as the, the icon for it. Uh, Ubuntu is completely free, and what's great about it is, look, you can boot it up on a CD-ROM, DVD-ROM, USB stick, and try it before you even install it. How many operating systems do that? Chris? Um, not that many as far as a live uh, audition. And also one other nice feature about this uh, Linux operating system is that if you have older technology that just won't run the latest version of fill in the blank of an operating system that I won't name, most likely Ubuntu will run on it within pretty good reason. If you have a six or seven year old computer, this will run on it yep. fairly uh, fairly, and it'll be fairly snappy too. It will. Uh, true story. In uh, in college, my my then girlfriend, wife now, uh, had a netbook. You remember those? I remember netbooks. Netbooks had an operating system that we shall not speak of, uh, and it was that's what it was when it, we we bought it, and it worked for about six months until updates totally made this thing slower than a DS or than a, a modem connection mm -hmm. to the internet for no reason. Uh, I scrubbed it off. I put Ubuntu on that thing, and it was literally rocket ship fast. And she was able to complete the rest of her degree on that little netbook with Ubuntu. So let's call this extended tech. Extended Exten tech. Extend your yeah. life of your computer device with some of this type of technology. Yeah. Now, out of it, you're probably thinking, well, guys, does it have the Microsoft Office, or does it have the Final Cut, or does it have... Look, here's the thing. Those are tools. If if you are in, if you are a spreadsheet extraordinaire, then you're probably going to stay in the Microsoft camp and use your Outlook, or sorry, your your Excel and your 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 Access databases and stuff, because that's that's the tool for the job. If you're a filmmaker, you may be you may be doing uh, Final Cut Pro or Premiere. You may be doing that on a MacBook. That's totally fine. But for everybody else who's going to college or maybe you have an old computer and you really don't want to buy a new one because you don't really see a need to spend that extra, you know, almost $1,000, this could be an option to breathe some life and to get some free, you heard me right, free software along the way. 
And the free software may not be uh, what everyone else is using, but it still accomplishes the job. It does. So you've got things like LibreOffice, NeoOffice, and OpenOffice. The reason why they call it Office is they're trying to get a connection with that other office to be able to say you can have the same stuff, mm -hmm. a word processor, a spreadsheet, a presentation, slide maker, yeah. but without that other company name in front of it. And nine times out of ten, these 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 suites open up those proprietary, and yes, you heard right, those are proprietary formats. They're not open formats. And actually, we'll rewrite them in an open format that other things m have a more likelihood of opening easier. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that's a benefit. Now, you're probably thinking, well, Linux, oh, man. The, that, I remember the days where you had, to, you had to go to certain sites and download them and be really careful. That exactly. Guy agrees. He takes caution. <laughs> Here's the thing: the App Store. You ever heard of that? Yes. Uh, Linux kind of did it before Apple did. Well, yeah. But but, but they weren't on a on a keynote stage announcing this with hundreds of millions of people advertising it and talking about it on the web. No, they didn't. But they totally took the idea. And here's the thing: there is a Linux App Store. You can go on there, and there is vetted uh, and independent. Uh, software that you can download freely or send some of it's paid just like just like uh, real computing as I as it is Mac or PC you know you can buy software or get free software same thing in Linux yeah so that's Ubuntu uh, and it's I believe that's based off of Debian isn't it Debian Core Debian Core, yeah. Debian Core. Uh, there's lots of different flavors of Linux. Uh, the, the, the choices that we have today are basically off of the same type of flavor, Debian Core. Um, there's, there's lots of others. We're not going to cover it on this show. But the other thing is, is okay, guys, well, I've heard of this Ubuntu and stuff, and you know, putting it on hardware, sometimes you got to really, really got to do a lot of work. I don't know anything about technology. I don't, I'm afraid of uh, wrecking my system so that I, it won't ever work again. I wish there was a turnkey solution, guys. There is. There is. So very rarely do I actually mention this this brand on the show, but Dell. Ever heard of that company, Chris? Yes, I've heard of Dell. So Dell, Dell actually has computers, desktops, and laptops that are certified to run Ubuntu, and you can even buy it with Ubuntu installed, pre-installed. You literally buy a computer with Linux by a mainstream company like Dell. And I would say also, let's just say you don't want to buy, you don't have the cheddar to buy a new uh, piece of hardware from a company, let's say you've got some equipment that you're trying to eke out a couple more years because your car needs a new muffler <laughs> or you got to, you got to, you know, hang tight while you have some bills to pay off before you can invest in some technology. Guess what? There are computer techs in this city that when you go to them and say, hey, computer tech, I have this uh, blah, blah, blah laptop. I would like to install Ubuntu on it. They know how to install it, and they may charge you a pretty good rate because, guess what? It's easy for a tech to install Ubuntu if you're not comfortable with doing that. So, really, it's it's kind of worth a shot if you're really at your wit's end with how slow or how buggy or how inaccessible your current hardware or operating system is. This is definitely worth a look or a try. If you have any questions, like specific questions about should you, you put Ubuntu Linux on it, give us a call and leave us a voicemail because we'd be happy to answer questions for you on the next episode or two. Area code 201-731-8324. That's 201-731-TECH. Leave us a voicemail. We'd be happy to uh, answer your questions about Ubuntu or Linux. Yeah. And so Dell, HP, Lenovo, uh, I actually have in our show notes a link that actually gives the roster of... Uh, 
of companies that have certified equipment ready to run or can be uh, uh, pre-installed with Ubuntu. And it doesn't cost a thousand, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred, two thousand, twenty-five hundred dollars to get a computer with a stable, consistent operating system. No, we're talking three, four hundred bones. That's that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. So again, keep, take a look at that. To give you an idea about a different flavor of uh, Linux OS, picture the Ford Mustang. The Ford Mustang base model comes in a certain body shape, right? It has a certain kind of engine. But you know what? There is a company called Shelby that will modify the body of the Mustang and put other things in that engine. Or they will have a Cobra model of the Mustang or such. You're getting the same kind of car vehicle experience, but there may be some added features or, or bonus under the hood that might make life a little bit easier. It's just a different version or a different body style of what you're, uh, the vehicle that you're driving. Yep. And then lastly, uh, I've got Endless OS. And this one has been a project I've been watching for quite some time. Endless was originally designed for developing countries with uh, little or no internet connection. Yep. Uh, so, so many of us kind of take advantage of the fact that we can reach down, grab our phone, look, Google something, Wikipedia something. Not, not everywhere in the world can do that. So this movement uh, created Endless OS. It is free, but it is a beefy operating system. The base is about two gigs to download or to get a full multi-language. You can pick different languages available, which is full of content. And I'll get to that in a second. For English alone, it is 14 and a half gigs to download. That's pretty sizable. But it's also basically a box that has a chunk of the internet with you. It has Wikipedia articles, Wikipedia videos, recipes, medical information, like uh, looking up, uh, I, want, I don't want to say the PDR, the position desk reference, but that how, type how of stuff. How to treat that lump that's on your arm. It has software to do photo manipulation, video manipulation, document processing, etc. It is basically a little chunk of the internet plus a fully uh, equipped application suite. And also, for those of you that may want to get off the grid for a while or maybe going to parts unknown that may not have that internet connection consistency, hey, you got all your stuff right there with you. Yep. The other cool thing about this is they also make their own hardware. They have two new models, uh, the Mission 1 and the Mission Mini, and these are really cool looking. They have like a bamboo top, and what's cool about this is it's designed predominantly for plugging into the back of a old uh, monitor or designed for that television that like again if you're in a developing country maybe you have one single television one single screen can you imagine a house with just one screen in it chris within miles like yeah. for three miles yeah i can imagine that uh, both these boxes, they're actually pretty decently specced. You have dual core CPU processors by this little company known as Intel. You have 500 gig hard drives of storage. You've got an HDMI and VGA out. You've got two gigs of RAM. Uh, and this is in the, the they're kind of the premier one I'm talking about here, the Mission One. The, the highly high tier one. Yep, it has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and it's got gigabit in there, and it has endless OS for the... Extraordinary price, Chris, of $249. Wow, that's a tenth of the other uh, desktop Surface Studio thing that we were talking about a few episodes ago. Quite a few episodes ago. Yes, yeah, quite a few. The Mission Mini, which comes with a 64 gigabyte solid state drive, so snappy. Uh, it comes with uh, HDMI and RCA video. Again, this is kind of tailored towards older yeah. uh, technology, depending on where you're at in the world. Uh, has a quad-core CPU, uh, two gigs of RAM, 
And it's $129. $129 for a computer that uh, pretty much is functional, runs an operating system, low, a small form factor, so it doesn't take up a huge chunk on your floor space, mm -hmm. and works. Yeah. Uh, not a bad deal. This is definitely, if you, especially if you have a little one that you want to get into using, quote, a computer, but you don't want to, say, have internet connection. Maybe you have an elementary school uh, student, or you've got uh, a wee one that's really kind of interested. Or in you're just tired of seeing advertisements on your Facebook. Or you're, you don't want them on Facebook. Because, again, you could basically run this thing sans internet, yep. and they can do research. They can do all that type of stuff. So, again, take a look at that. Like I said, Endless OS is kind of a, the endless movement. is a really cool project. So now, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, it is time in that episode four, Dunt. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Unscripted insight. That's right. We're taking a look at uh, a section where we ask each other a question that we're not prepared for, don't have anything in the show notes, and uh, getting a raw, unedited, uh, off-the-cuff answer. So, once again, I'm going first. AJ, you are approached by a billionaire. Let's say Jeff Bezos or the Zuck or someone. And uh, they say, hey, AJ, I've been a fan of yours for quite some time. I want to help facilitate, or like make a dream come true. I'm willing to fly you anywhere in the world to have lunch with someone living. Oh, living? Yeah, I know, because oh, I can't use man. that whole dead thing. I know, I know. To have lunch with a living person in this world, who would you say I want to have lunch with? The Dalai Lama. Go on. Well, one, I've never been to that part of the world. Tell me you would say hello, Dolly, when you'd meet him. Uh, no, I would Darn be very it. respectful. <laughs> uh, no, I've seen some interviews and stuff. It Really, it comes down to, and it's not a spiritual thing, uh, is either Dalai Lama or the Pope, either one, whoever's available. Um, but I've been to Italy, so. They could check your Outlook calendar to see when you have a place <laughs> right, available, right. right? Yeah. But no, um, as much as, it's, again, it's not a spiritual thing. Uh there's a lot of CEOs out there that I would equally love to have uh, coffee with or, you know, sit down and, and talk with. But uh, somebody like the Dalai Lama, who is uh, a political, spiritual uh, peace leader. Yes. I'm more interested to kind of pick his brain um, just because of one. I would want to know what tech he uses, if he uses tech uh, and two, just how he gets about like it's just um it's a different type of interview i feel or a different type of experience yep that's the only reason for the third or fourth time that we've been doing this i have once again been surprised by your response <laughs> hence the beautiful uh nature of unscripted insights aj it is now your turn to ask me a question of your choosing <laughs> okay so you you are how old chris i am 44 years old 44 44 yeah age <laughs> <laughs> that's a really okay, that surprised me. I'm a dichotomy because I have white hair of a 50-year-old, <laughs> and I have the, the youthful nature of a 14-year-old. Okay, that, that could have been my scripted insight. How there, old are you? Yeah. No, so for 44 years you've been on this planet. Yes. Clearly, you've done several different things, uh, several different careers. Yes. Uh, we've all stumbled, and we've made some horrific mistakes. Yep. Tell me a mistake that you've made that you wish, and I'm not saying that you have regret or anything, but you're looking back in your 44 years of life where you're like, dang, I really wish I would have done blank. To TiVo life and reverse back to be yeah. able to do it what again. What could you have un control Z in Sure. Uh, seventh grade Christmas dance in middle school. I'm standing against a wall with a bunch of my buddies uh, looking over at the 
other wall with a bunch of girls over there. There was a gal named Diana who was really cute. And I had that Wonder Years vision that Kevin Arnold always had where it'd be this graceful saunter over asking, would you like to dance, Diana? And she'd say, sure. And so we'd be able to go in the slow dance, probably to the lady in red since it was in the 80s when I was in middle school. And so I had this in my mind and I finally gathered up the courage to walk across the gym. And I took the first six or seven steps towards her and her friend and I immediately chickened out and went right out the door of the uh, dance uh, area and was like cursing myself and have regretted that for most of my life. If I could TiVo life, I would have gone over there and said, Diana, would you like to dance? And then hopefully, as it turns out, there is a postscript to this because at the 10th high school reunion, we all got together and I was able to uh, visit with Diana and I said, hey, by the way, I was gonna, she said, I would have said yes. Huh. So I know the answer to the response that let me be a little bit more at rest. But that is something in my life that I've regretted. And I really haven't told a lot of people that. So, oh, hey, no, all you, you just <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it's on the Internet. But that would be something that I'd want to go back and do it again because I was pretty chicken in my middle school days. I didn't have any skills. Unlike how I am right now in 44 years of life, because <laughs> I am quite the conversationalist, if you will. Really? It's not like you podcast. Well, you know, I, I, I know how to uh, talk to people now. So anyway, that's uh, my answer. Cool. So anyway, <laughs> I think that was uh, fun. Now we should probably wrap this show up. Cool. So thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us on the iTunes, on the Google Play, on the SoundCloud, and Spreaker, or wherever the heck else you podcast. If you're in the Bellingham area, you might have been listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. Low power. Low power. Community radio here in the heart of, well, actually, just across the way of We are us. in the heart of Bellingham. In the heart of and Bellingham. There, and the Museum of Radio and Electricity is just right over there. Yeah, just a stone's throw away from us. From Camber. Uh, thank you again so much for listening to us for 51 episodes from the city by the Salish Sea. That's a little bit loud today. I'm AJ Barsay. And quietly, I want to thank you. My name is Chris Powell. We'll see you next week on Bellingham Podcast. Punch it, Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>